broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. So I want to thank my friend Brock for joining me. Uh, Brock is someone that I've known through my ex-husband. You guys are from the same hometown, right? Like, Did you graduate the same school or something like that? Uh, we went to mostly the same uh, primary schools okay. and then up through up through high school i ended up going to a different high school at a later time but yeah we knew each other growing up okay so brock joins me uh as a 31 year old georgia native a guy's guy and also brock is trans that is correct uh brock hasn't always been brock and you don't have to tell me what 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 your name was beforehand but uh to explain it to those who are just kind of warming up to the to the light um brock you brock you were you were born biologically female correct that is correct um so i wanted to have you on and i want to thank you again for just you know a taking the text message and saying okay i'll do this with some conditions i get it um (laughs) but you know it's 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 certainly understandable because there's so much anti-trans fervor coming from the right right now that it it's kind of gobsmacking that the the same people who call themselves loving, compassionate Christians are also behind a lot of this noise. Um, you know me, I love to grab the glove and the ball and to go play softball with my friends. Uh, I, I'm in two leagues here in Atlanta, and they are co-ed leagues, and I, there are girls who are way better than I am playing, uh, you know, levels in my level, up my level, and... It's just never been an issue for me, but there's so much fervor against the trans community using the minuscule numbers of scenarios where a male to female transitioning athlete at the scholastic or even Olympic level performs well, and all of a sudden we're demonizing the trans community. The bathroom bills that were bantied about in North Carolina and elsewhere throughout the country, just brought out so much anti-trans rhetoric as if to equate anyone who is trans with being a pervert who wants to prey upon women or little girls or little boys even. It, 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 it just, it's blown my mind how much hatred and evil comes from, again, a people that call themselves Christian and moralistic. But I wanted to have you on because I wanted to hear from you what seeing all these headlines and hearing all of these salacious stories is like. So give me just a few minutes of where your mind is in this election cycle and with all that's transpired over the last couple of years regarding trans rights. Yeah, um, where's the love? You know, um, it... uh, it really struck me when you when you mentioned or highlighted that a lot of these are driven by uh, people who uh, identify as uh, Christians, you know, um, both in their private life and, you know, oftentimes in their uh, their political life, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of lead from that foot um, until it comes time, of course, to uh, make laws. Mm-hmm. Um and then naturally, of course, is until it's time to interact with someone who uh, is transgender, right? Um, when you asked about my thoughts on transgender rights, the first thing I thought was, what rights? Um, 
Mm. I, I don't know of many that I have. Um, of course, you know, marriage is protected for now, for all. Um, for now. Yeah, for now. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I, I'm really not aware of any rights um, that are secure for me as a trans person, especially in the South. Yeah. I can relate to that in some respects in that, uh, you know, I spent 28 years in radio broadcasting and the first time I ever was hired by somebody who knew I was gay was my last job. 28, 2018 y'all. I mean, that was the first time I was hired by somebody in the last year of my radio career. The last time I was hired by somebody who knew I was gay. And I have to imagine that you have to walk a fine line or on edge eggshells as well. And in, in just employment. Correct. Um, and you know, I, I personally feel that, uh, trans people are a little bit behind the curve as far as that, when it comes to employment, I guess, in comparison, if I can to, uh, you know, gay Americans, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like everyone is sort of, uh, when I say curve, they're slower to come around to the concept, um, to put it in simpleton terms at this point, they've all got a gay neighbor, right? Mm. But they don't have a trans neighbor. Well, they so, don't know. They don't know that they do. Well, that, yeah, that's what my point is. They, they do, but they don't know it. Or if they do know it, <laughs> you know, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, we're, we're on with a friend of mine, Brock, who, uh, is, um, in, in every respect, every respect of the word, as far as I'm concerned, Brock is, Brock is a guy that I've known since, well, 10, 10 plus years now, only Brock wasn't born a guy. Brock now is a guy. So I wanted to have Brock on to talk about some of the, uh, anti-trans legislation and the anti-trans movement. I don't know if you saw where uh, the uh, the TikTok star Dylan went to do an interview with Joe Biden and talked about gender affirming care, and uh, you know the the right wing obviously has has mocked Dylan as you know a male cosplaying female uh, getting to interview the president of the United States, and Joe Biden basically said that there should be no one denying gender affirming care uh, to young people. Now, yeah, I did. I did see that. Yeah. And now, you wouldn't think that'd be controversial. Well, the, the controversy, I believe, is in the distortion, the spin, the misinformation, the lack of information, the ignorance. And I hate to use that word because a lot of people think it's um, an insult. But to be ignorant about something just means you don't know. So, Correct, yeah, like in general, there are too many people who don't know what gender affirming care is. Gender affirming care isn't necessarily going under the knife at age 12 to you know, have a double mastectomy and to get the, you know, uh, the, you know, the hoo-ha the made, blown. yeah, yeah, Correct. exactly. The, the, the hoo-ha made into a wingding. Uh, <laughs> gender affirming care means a lot of things. When did, what does gender affirming care mean to you? Uh, yeah. When I think of that, um, I think about, first of all, uh, an accepting space to find out, uh, what my gender identity is, you know, this process sort of takes years and, that was sort of the first step for me where I sort of just came out to my peers, you know, if you will. And there are no spaces, there are no such spaces that are protected, you know, in state laws or federal laws. And this is something as simple as allowing someone to use the restroom Mm. 
mm. that they identify or that matches the gender they identify with. Right. Um, something as simple as that is just creating a space where someone can sort of let the rubber meet the road and you understand what I'm saying. I Say, do. Hey, let's, let's see what this is about. I know? do. I do. Uh, so it's not only that it's, uh, the mental health care, the opportunity to speak with therapists and psychologists, even psychiatrists, just to, to kind of flesh this out, uh, pardon the pun, uh, to go through the thought process before you go through the physical process. Am I right? Correct. 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 And then, uh, eventually moving towards, uh, you know, seeking, um, medical guidance and supervision mm -hmm. while using hormones. I don't know if they have some misaligned idea that you just start buying street drugs or something and injecting yourself with hormones. But I mean, it's, it's, I have to go to the doctor mm -hmm. every six months mm -hmm. to check my blood levels, um, readjust from there, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's something that takes a lot of medical care. Right. Well, there, there, like, again, there's, there's the, uh, the folks who are screaming about mutilating children and puberty blockers and irreparable harm and this, that, and the other. But again, th that's misinformation. There, there aren't surgeons waiting to alter physically a 10-year-old boy or a, or a 12-year-old girl in such a way. There's, it's, just, it's, an un, it's an unaccepted practice. Correct. Um, so what, how old were you when you decided to begin this journey? Um, it kind of happened in phases, but if I had to put a year on it, I would say I was probably about 17. Uh, so not old enough to have hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could not go seek, you know, medical care. I probably could have spoke to a therapist, um, but did not. Mm. Um, but how, yeah, I, how, I sort how, of, how big of a deal would that have been to, to you at age 12 rock to at least just be talking to somebody? Oh, that would have, that would have <laughs> saved me a lot of time and money as an adult. I can assure you. Yeah. I've well, got a lot of catching up to do. So I'm going to ask a question and, and if it's a tough question, uh, then I apologize and you don't have to answer it, but I want to ask you this, um, up until 17, when you started this path, did you ever consider taking your life? I don't think that the thought really occurred to me until I started to put together what I was facing, uh -huh. which didn't really happen for me probably until, um, close to middle school. So maybe around 12. Okay. That's good. That's good. I just look at data that talks about uh, trans youth and uh, six to seven times more likely to attempt to to take their own life. And it just breaks yeah. my heart uh, to think that, yeah. you know, I, I guess in some realm, I kind of understand what it's like to hold this secret inside and not be able to share it with anybody and to be terrified of somebody finding out. And then at the same time, I... I it's incomparable to what uh, a, a youth who believes that he or she was born the wrong gender goes through. Uh, correct. And what's also sad about it for me is that uh, while, you know, I feel happy and healthy in my personal life, as far as my career goes, I feel no different 
than what you just exactly stated. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not in a position where I can comfortably uh, be out, so to speak. Yeah. And the crazy thing for me is I, I always go back to like when I was in college, I remember uh, there was uh, a trans female who was a performer at the local gay bar in Athens. And the only job she could get was being a clerk at a golden pantry in a bad area of town. It yeah. was, it was the one place, it was the one place she could get a job where she was accepted as she were. And obviously this is the night was the 1990s, but I don't feel like we've made a whole lot of progress in that realm. And having only lived in Atlanta for three years, it's empowering to see organizations like the out Georgia business Alliance, uh, Metro Atlanta Association of Professionals who really push companies at the corporate level to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, this one of the softball leagues I'm on, we really began as a gay softball league, began in the last year addressing diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's a gay softball league. Yeah. Uh, so I can, I can only imagine what that's like to, again, walk on eggshells to, to, to keep a secret, um, about your true self for fear of not being able to get or keep a job. Yeah, it's, and of course that's going to vary depending on your, your location, especially in more rural areas, which I Mm. unfortunately reside in. Um, but it, it is staggering how how prevalent that is, what a reality that is in 2022 Mm -hmm. for uh, a person who is transgender, um, of course, or Mm non-binary. More of this conversation after the break. Show note, we are re-airing this from Wednesday, October 26th while I'm in Vegas today. More Ron Show on America One Radio after this. Oh, hey, you're still here. Hey, that's cool. Thanks for sticking around. Not only am I host of The Ron Show, I'm also Ron Roberts, real estate agent slash realtor with eXp Realty. That's right. I help folks buy and sell residential real estate in and around Metro Atlanta. And we've been through a crazy couple of years, have we not? Between COVID, the post-COVID market, the craziness, you could throw an open house on a souped-up tool shed and you would have cars lined around the block to come in and see it and throw an offer well over asking price. Well, those days are no longer a part of us and interest rates are a little higher than they were before. But I must say, it's still a great time to either buy or sell or both real estate, residential real estate in Metro Atlanta. Why buy? I tell tenuous buyers all the time, if you are renting right now, you are paying someone else's retirement accounts your money, and it might as well go to you. The cost of housing in Atlanta is not going to get cheaper. The population is going to continue to grow well into the 2040s, with nearly a million and a half new residents expected to come here. So you better get a house sooner rather than later. And if you can afford to buy an investment property, now if you already own your home, why not buy one nearby you as well and create some additional income that could be your retirement savings and you get to choose one of your new neighbors. Now, if you're thinking about selling, but you're thinking, oh man, I really missed out on that huge market in the past summer or two. Okay, yeah, sure. But the values aren't dropping. So you still got plenty you've earned just by owning what you're in and need to sell soon. Got questions? Feel free to hit me up. 
843-283-0078 or email me ron at rononthereal.com. Georgia MLS 396-720. Website ronontheReal.com. That's me, Ron Roberts with EXP Realty.